In this week's episode, hear ye, hear ye, we have a prediction for the future of comics, and it is Rock'em Sock'em Robots. I wish I was lying. It's all happening now on Cover B. Hey everybody, welcome back to Cover B. We live. We are here. Kinda. I'm like half here. Yeah, he's a little sicky today. A little sicky. Got a little bit of the sickies. I'm like, I'm like 53% here. Well, that's a little 46 over half. 46%. Okay, here. that's less than. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Where's the 1%? Uh, ruining this country. Because <laughs> the 1% is. Uh. <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> Uh, comics. Mm-hmm. That's what we do here. We talk about comics. Yep. Sometimes, supposedly. There were comics. They came out. The end. We read them. You should, too. All right. Have a good week. <laughs> uh, the first one we want to talk about is uh, Triskel. Triskele. Triskel. Uh, number one. This is from Scout Comics. It was written by Felipe Pan with art by Monarami. Monarami. <laughs> Monarami. Or, or <laughs> Monaramus, maybe? I, it, dep- it depends on the origin. <laughs> that's, that's a real uh, that scene in the producers when he's like, Jacques Lepidou. And no one stands up and then he says it again. No one stands up and then he goes, Jack Lepidus. And some guy is like, oh. <laughs> Here. Exactly. Jacques Lipidu. Anyway, we're not talking about the producers. We're talking about. <laughs> uh, we're talking about Triskel. Yes. Uh, this is a book that opens with a young man having a prophetic dream about an old man grabbing him. Pause for effect. Uh, into a well and telling him that he is. Uh, destined for greatness. Probably Merlin. I'm thinking Merlin. Thinking, thinking Merlin, Merlin vibes. There's also some creepy crow lady. Anyway, he and his friends get chased by wolves, and there's magical stag people, and he can see magical things, like will-o'-wisp type things, and they find a sword that might be important. T, what'd you think? Well, it starts out kind of vague and you're like i'm not entirely sure what's happening and then as soon as he gets out of the prophetic dream it's immediately like we're in albion and it's like woo arthur let's go (laughs) it all it all it all starts to make sense from there um i i love when people go back to more like Arthurian literature. Yeah, and what I what I like about this one's particular take on the Arthurian Arthurian stuff is that it focuses it on like the Welsh side of it. Yeah. Like I, I feel like a lot of Arthurian legend and like even just like high fantasy stuff is awesome often told from a like Anglo Saxon kind of side of right. it. Um and, you know, focuses very heavily on, like, the very magic, like, dragons and elves and fairies and all these, like... And usually Arthur is present. Yeah. These very, like, magical things. Um, but this one focuses very heavily on the Welsh. It has a lot of Welsh tradition to it and a lot of, like, Irish tradition to it. 
and the little bits of magic that we see aren't these like glorious like tales will be sung of the great dragon Alduin. No, Skyrim fans, um, <laughs> <clears throat> or anything like that. It's it's very focused on like forest creatures and like little tidbits of magic and yeah. stuff. And even like we have a mention of Merlin and we get his like Welsh name. Yeah, and not the like Anglo-sized version. And you, you just don't see that much. You don't see, like, Arthurian and English fantasy presented from either, like, a Welsh or a Celtic kind of side. You know what I mean? It's also cool because it's, it's like, clearly going to be set in, like, a, a Arthurian-type location and within that mythos. But it's after that. Like, they talk about Arthur in, like, a past tense. And they, they kind of reference, like you know, history and things that have already taken place. And it's, it's, it's interesting to see it in like a, like a past tense, but present tense at the same time. If that makes yeah. sense. It's, it's cool that it's not so much of Arthurian stuff is literally about Arthur and his peeps and Merlin and yeah. that stuff and that time and exactly that. And that's when you get all this like boisterous over the top magical experiences. Yeah. This is much more um down to earth and and it seems like it's going to be like a post arthurian arthurian legend yeah exactly you know i mean without going so post arthurian that it's like once in future where it's like modern world but arthur you know what which i mean which is also awesome which is and also if you're really not reading good. that you need to. and the reason that one's really awesome is because it explores arthurian legend from different cultures as opposed to just like reciting the same kind of like he was the king of all kings kind of thing that <laughs> Exactly, exactly that my, like that. Yeah, yeah, that was my Merlin impression. <laughs> so I imagine he talked. I imagine he just, like, lingered on words, you know what I mean? And everyone just sort of stands around, like, looking, yeah. like, oh, my God, are we but ever going to But be wary, this? my king, for there is danger. Today, Merlin, today. <laughs> A foot. <laughs> What was that? What was that last word, Morlin? A foot. <laughs> and we wonder why Guinevere was like, "Hey, y'all want to get out of here? <laughs> y'all want to leave? <laughs> what are we talking about?" Um, so yeah, this is—it's a cool book. It's very, very pretty. Very. Pretty. Uh, the art is really, really cool. I like the characters. I like the group of kids that we have. It kind of gives it a nice little YA spin. Mm focusing yeah. on like a group of friends i think they did a really good job handling like gender roles there's yeah. two boy and two girl characters in the group uh and while they make references to kind of some more patriarchal standards of their world they don't like rely on it yeah you know what i mean like it's it's tough writing in these times because you have to make a decision at some point do you want to just double down on how things were and be like shut up this is how it was like the, the women are getting slapped around and being like tread upon because screw you. That's how it was. Or do you want to create characters that are more relatable to a modern audience? And when you do that, you have to kind of make room for them. Yeah. And I, I think the writer, I think the writer did a really good job making that room without making it a big deal. Yeah. It's like exactly. at one point, like one of the girls finds a sword and one of the boys is like, the men will take the swords. And she's basically like, get off. Screw you. I got this. 
<laughs> and like you know the boys are skipping out on their chores and are kind of less concerned about it but the girls show up and they're like is your dad gonna be mad and like stuff like that so like it's there yeah. without a relying on it too heavily or making anyone a damsel or yeah just deciding that you know hey this is how it was the women are frail and weak and defenseless yeah because whatever that's how it was so you can finding that balance of making it relatable and still kind of like fitting in like not being anachronistic yes is tough and i feel like that's why a lot of writers and fantasy things have kind of defaulted lately to doing like vikings because mm-hmm. it's easier for us as a modern audience to accept like a tough viking female protagonist right compared to like a tough Anglo-Saxon fantasy female protagonist. Yeah, you'll see um, a lot of it with Greek too. Because yeah, they'll Greek be like, too. "All yeah. right, we're just going hardcore Sparta." Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. You just you know you set it up like Cassandra from uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, where exactly. she's just like some random big badass Greek lady who was born on some kind of offshoot Greek island, and everywhere she goes, everyone's like, "Oh goodness, <laughs> you are huge." <laughs> the assassin's creed games mamacus sorry mamacus <laughs> sorry mamacus i'm turning that into a social media post at least that's my experience playing that game oh it's so good. sometimes you just gotta run in circles and think about how much she could stomp on you <laughs> Am I revealing too much of myself in this episode? Maybe a smidge. <laughs> Probably. Anyway, Triskel, uh, really cool. We're checking out. Got a lot of content for a first issue, too. There's a, a nice little story there. Really ropes you in. You get introduced to some new characters right towards the end, which kind of livens up the more magical sides of it. Um, and I liked that. I liked that it kind of, it's slow fed the magic. Yeah. You open with this big prophetic vision and like, look at all the magic and then it's mostly just normal yeah. and then there's kind of this slow feed of magic and then it ends with an introduction to these like magical cultures and stuff it's cool it's a really well done book really well paced really well written very uh, interesting. they did a good job on it uh next up we are going to talk about never ender number one this is from behemoth go behemoth probably my favorite company right now uh this was written by uh, written and arted by Devin Craft. Um, this book features a young man who, well, I guess backing up, we are in a post-capitalism society. Yep. We're, capitalism has evolved and evolved and evolved where the world and the cosmos has bent its knee to the capitalist overlords and oligarchs and fuel rocket fuel and new waves of rocket fuel and new types of rocket fuel dictate the world they dictate everything um as such you also have a lot of planets and a lot of parts of the planets that are have succumbed to extreme poverty where you find workers and this semi-sentient race of robots it seems that are effectively used for advertising it's like pop-ups from the old internet days, but in like big mechanical form. So they're just running around being like, your pee pee too small and stuff like that. Um, just screaming in the street. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's riots, there's crime. Uh, 
some of the more glorified members of this society that we're entered into are part of this chain of duelists. There's some sort of like combative, I think they're called ravens. There's some sort of combative tier of like champions. It's kind of like a long running Hunger Games. And you basically, you get on this like standing board of however many fighters there are. And you can challenge anybody at any point in time. So even if I'm like level 80, I could challenge number one spot, but number one spot has to agree to fight me. So they're probably going to be like, nah, dog, screw you. So you kind of work your way up and then you become the champion. And once you get to be the champion, the government that's in charge of all of this will grant like one request of yours. Um, and they like give you this big honor of like being a, uh, uh, the champion and being this like beautiful part of their society and stuff where we fall in is we fall in behind a young man who lives in one of these slums and is having a hard go of it. His dad hates him and has kicked him out. His friend's dads have kicked him out. He has like nowhere to go. He really, he's basically nihilistic at this point. He's accepted that if you don't get out, go to space then there's no hope. No one has a future. What's the point? What's the point of doing any of this? We're just slum dogs effectively. Um, he eventually falls in with a doc Brown type character, you know, the, a scientist who has bigger ambitions and likes the cut of his jib and wants him to help. Uh, and then before you know it, he's thrust into a sci-fi adventure that eventually will hopefully lead him to being one of these fighters because we've seen that he's an incredible fighter. Um, in fact, everyone in the area is kind of, even like big dudes are kind of afraid to fight him because he's really good at fighting. Uh, and he's thrust off onto an adventure, reluctantly. T, what'd you think? I thought this book did a really good job of establishing a lot of details very rapidly um, and and progressing the story as fast as necessary to start getting you into the meat of things. Mm-hmm. Um I will say that it was a little jarring in my opinion. They kind of introduced the doc, like the the professor in the middle in a very like sudden way. He's just all of a sudden there and there's not really a whole lot of explanation to him. He's a little bit of a like Deus ex docina, if you if you will. <laughs> like he's just sort of like is <laughs> is present and like progresses the story rapidly and then it like is kind of gone he does kind of come out of left field there's not a whole it took about a page or two for me to really understand if this guy knew our lead character beforehand or if he was just meeting him like he heard about some kid fighting in a bar and was like that's the kid i need to help me with my ai project yeah and it like start it's a little interesting too because i feel like the dialogue changes a little bit and like the pacing and the like vibe of the book changes kind of rapidly as soon as we have the doc introduced Mm -hmm. like it goes kind of from depressing realistic nihilistic book to like more like sci-fi old school japanese cartoon and you're like that was a fast yeah progression i got a little whiplash it definitely there. did not go <laughs> you know it seems like it's being set up to be like this kid down and out the only thing he's ever been good at is fighting and then kind of more of a like sports movie kind of yeah. story arc where it's like oh he gets noticed by somebody who just happens to be important and happens to be like probably that like i'm in with the 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 haymitch character if you want to think about hunger games like i'm involved in this kind of chain of fighters but everyone looks down on me but i've got something to prove right and i'm like the tough but 
heart of gold mentor that this kid needs. Like, I thought it was going to kind of go that angle. Yeah. But then suddenly it's like, hello, I'm the professor. Get in this rocket. You know what I mean? And it's, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> it, was a, it was a little bit of whip, whip, flash. And I do want to mention, we are, I, I, I am theorizing right now. Here is my prophetic determination. Mm-hmm. That post-apocalyptic fighting, boxing, wrestling, wrestling is about to be the next thing. The next thing yeah. we're seeing a lot of it Been already. Of it. This is like the third, maybe fourth book we've seen involving this. Last year, Vin Diesel signed on for the Rock'em Sock'em Robots movie. <laughs> this is about to be a thing. I'm not kidding. I just looked it up because I was sitting here thinking about this and I was like, this trend feels yeah. like one of the standard movie types is going to pick it up. I was like, this this feels like a Mattel movie waiting to happen. And mm-hmm. then I was like, what could be? And my brain went, Rock'em Sock'em Robots. And I went, I'm going to Google it. And when yeah. I Googled it, Vin Diesel's going to be in a Rock'em Sock'em movie. There was movie. a book from a few weeks ago from AWA that was about like a human fighting a robot. Exactly. There was Fight Girls. Yeah. From Frank, Frank Cho. It's um, just, it's the new thing is like fighting in a post-apocalyptic world. I mean, to some extent, there's been a couple ones that are like racing related, maybe less fighting, but it's like very aggressive racing in post-apocalyptic. We do have a strong theme of capitalism has ruined things for everyone. And the only way to get ahead is to participate in some like Violent life-threatening challenge. competition. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's really like since 2021. Gotta, that I, has been boosh. Shout out to the lady who wrote the Hunger Games because she was way ahead of her time. <laughs> it's it's all. I feel like we're going to be seeing a lot of those, and I'm curious if it's going to be the new like vibe for a while. Like if we're going to step back from the vampires and step back from the zombies because we haven't had a new vampire book yeah. in a few weeks. It's been a while. So I wonder if this is going to be the next thrust that we're like, no more yeah. competitive capitalism. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's relatable content. You know what I mean? Like if oh, somebody, absolutely. if I had to fight a bear for a house loan, I'd do it. I'd consider it. I'd, do it. <laughs> I'd be like, what kind of bear? Maybe like a grizzly bear with a polar bear strapped to its back. I'd be like, yeah, right. <laughs> it's true it's like brown bear or grizzly what's the <laughs> koala, what's, yeah, koala. <laughs> that's a koala would win <laughs> exactly things mess you up yeah it's a it's a kodiak bear wielding a koala bear on a stick as a mace there's no way i can win but there's also no way i'm gonna get a house so yeah. maybe worth it <laughs> Worth a try. I mean, worst case scenario, I still don't have a house, and because of the koala, I now have chlamydia or whatever. <laughs> Look it up. Google it. It's a thing. <clears throat> anyway, uh, Never Ender. Really cool. Very cool. Very cool artwork. It's got kind of a CRT filter on it. Like, I noticed that a few panels in that, for whatever reason, uh, the, the author, artist... Uh, decided to have kind of these slanted lines, kind of color burning yeah. throughout. And th- you don't notice them until you notice them, and then you can't not notice them. But it gives it kind of a cool, like, I'm watching this on a CRTV kind of digital vibe to it. It fits yeah. the tone of the book. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see if going forward, 
if they kind of eliminate that and maybe enhance the color or if it's going to just be the same color palette throughout. Uh, I think it would be one of those cool things that as the character kind of becomes more disillusioned, the world opens up a little bit more. Or even now that he's leaving, like, the more slum experience, he goes very, like, Wizard of Oz, like, now he's in space and things are bright and beautiful. That could be really interesting. He just punches the shit out of the cowardly lion. (laughs) I'd watch that. (laughs) Anyway, that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more episodes of Cover B... Uh, you can find them on our website at coverbypodcast.com. That's right. You can also follow us on social media at coverbypodcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. So again, thank you. I'm sorry that we've been kind of sporadic. We finally got into a point where there's not much like travel and stuff. So we're going to try to have consistent episodes coming out for you. Yes. Uh, but just bear with us as we get through it. Our social media has improved. <clears throat> so be sure to follow us for updates. And that way, if anything happens and we don't have an episode, you know why. Yep. So, I hope everyone has a good weekend. As always, I've been Chris. This has been T. It's true. And you have hopefully been enjoying Cover Cover B. B. Bye, everybody.